You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Monday, 20 February. U.S. is closed today for President's Day. I'm Simon Brown coming in live and loud from remote studios in Cape Town. On the show today, chatting with Nakunza, Sunlam Private Wealth. Aspen, results coming out next week. Avenge, a trading update. We're also going to be chatting to independent securities. How to load shed, proof your portfolio. And then the Engineering Industries Federation of Southern Africa, talking around the state of the metals and engineering sector, which has been in contraction since the last financial crisis in 2008. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines for MoneyWeb. All eyes on Finance Minister as ESCOM debt grows to $422 billion. Experts say conditions crucial to debt relief plan. Business Day, grey listing risk, uh, raising costs for banks and SOEs. Uh, South African holders of offshore accounts will automatically be considered higher risk clients. That announcement expected Friday or perhaps weekend. Morning markets, US was red, S&P down 0.3%, NASDAQ down 0.7%. Asia is flat, uh, Sydney's up one point, Tokyo's up about four points, not much happening. Commodities, mostly green overnight, gold 1,851, Brent the red at 83.41, platinum 920, palladium 1,493, rand 18.07, bitcoin 24,400, Tencent is down 0.1%, and Top 40 is looking for a 220-point green open. It's a little under a third of a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Nick Kunza, Sunlam Private Wealth. Nick, appreciate the time as always. Aspen, well, they put out a statement on Friday saying they will release results next Wednesday. So, of course, that sent me off digging around Aspen. And I've got to say, I mean, for, for, for a stock that at times was the most exciting share on our market, I mean, it's been dead for almost the last year. I mean, the market's obviously got tired of it. Is this a, a sleeping giant or should we be more concerned and, and perhaps wait for those numbers? Yeah, morning, Simon. It, yeah, it is. It is one of those stocks that uh, you know at the moment is, is I guess, on the, a bit more on the boring side. It's sort of out of favour. It's not on the front end, and as you said, it was one of those sort of market darlings uh, as ago. And in fact, if you were if you were a trader in Durban, you you always held that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was one of them with with, with Mr. Price, but. Um, uh, well, we did some work on it actually here at Sunlum, and uh, we we think to think it offers a little bit of value. Uh, you pointed out, I mean, it's it's gone sideways for better. Yeah, hasn't it? I mean, it just can't yeah. break that 150 level. Uh, and ahead of those earnings, as you pointed out, 1st of March, uh, I wouldn't be surprised that they do sort of flag, um, you know, if they, they do flag so that that COVID vaccine sales is obviously going to be much, mm-hmm. much lower. Uh, I think it could actually you know, create a private, a sort of a bit of an entry point. I think it's probably going to, uh, it's probably going to open a little bit lower back in, in a couple of weeks time. But uh, long term, I think it's it's got potential. You know, it's low beta. It's uh, yeah. it's probably quite defensive heading into a volatile period. And again, as you said, it could be unexciting, but it could be not a bad place to park your cash. Yep, unexciting is actually not the worst thing off the last couple mm, of years. Mm. We had an Avenger update. Uh, I, mean, it, it, I suppose the, the nicest thing I could say about it was modest, perhaps. The market, however, did not like it at all. 
No, I mean biggest biggest drop. I don't know. I saw the facts. You know, number of years down, mm-hmm. down as much as it was over nine percent down. Uh, it's just uh, that sector, the construction sector in South Africa. Even though it is obviously, uh, you know, got exposure to mining and resources, which is quite exciting. Uh, you just can't seem to make money in that area. You know, the margins are very, very tight. Uh, and they flagged, uh, you know, that's operating uh, earnings going to be down as well. And, of course, they've got to be feeling the effect of load shedding with everyone else. Um, and, and that whole mining, that whole uh, construction sector, I think, yeah, trade with caution for now. Yeah, I mean, it is a whole sector. I mean, even even Robex, which is perhaps one of the better ones, mm. that, that stock is down. You're looking at the chart, almost a half. We'll leave it there. That's Nick Kunza, uh, Sunlam Private Wealth. Nick, always appreciate the time. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Stanler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on The Money. I'm chatting with Michele Santagello, Portfolio Manager, Independent Securities. Michele, appreciate the time today uh, defending your portfolio against ESCOM. You've got a couple of ideas. Some of them are perhaps the easier solutions, which is pure offshore or maybe even using some of the, the local ETFs and ETNs that, that reference offshore. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, some of the, the most obvious routes uh, to defend yourself against uh, the, the problems with ESCOM uh, is certainly just to uh, send your capital offshore directly mm-hmm. um, using your single discretionary allowance and uh, investing in uh, a multitude of uh, different uh, equities, bonds, or, or real estate. Uh, so that's uh, the, the most obvious one uh, to extract all your capital. And then, as you mentioned, the, there's a plethora of ETFs on, available on the, on the JSE um, that are also directly offshore focused. Um, and th- those aren't just uh, regular uh, mimicking uh, the major indices. You can mm-hmm. also... Uh, get exposure to healthcare, real estate, and then also themes like uh, ESG, uh, infrastructure, fourth industrial revolution type stocks. Uh, so, so we are qu- quite spoilt uh, in the opportunities that we do actually have uh, uh, to prevent uh, issues related to ESCOM for, with our portfolios. Yeah, and there's even those those FMB ETNs which which reference individual stocks, such as I mean, as the Metas and the Alphabets of the world as well. You also suggest some rand hedge stocks, which which would suggest, and, and certainly the data is is bearing that out. That 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 you know, notwithstanding we were seeing some dollar strength, the rand's going to struggle to get strong against in 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 the wake of of, of what's going to be lower GDP and and lower local earnings to a degree. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, the rand is certainly going to have uh, some headwinds. And uh, the RAND hedge stocks have actually done uh, particularly well uh, in, in terms of also supporting the overall market. I mean, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the, the all share index was trading uh, close to all time highs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's in the wake of uh, all the troubles we've had uh, with uh, ESCOM and, and the local economy. So certainly um, have, having exposure in your portfolio to some of the big uh, RAND hedge stocks uh, like British American Tobacco, Richmond, uh, Bitcorp and Process. Uh, is a good idea to to be able to defend your portfolio uh, because they, they don't actually derive any of their, their income or, or very, very small portion of their income uh, from South Africa. 
Yeah, the likes of Richmond, very few of us can can, can afford those uh, expensive pieces of jewellery. Uh, bringing it back to actual sort of SA stocks, I mean, uh, there's one, we'll touch on Ronit in, in a moment. The other words, he said, what about South African banks? And and, and that is, I mean, on, on the surface, counterintuitive. I mean, what's your what's your argument there for, for, for local banks? So the local banks are, are actually quite pivotal in uh, the overall ske- scheme of uh, of of uh, financing and, and expanding the uh, renewable energy and, and solar environments in South Africa. And we are seeing uh, quite an acceleration from uh, the major banks. And Nedbank is a good example where they've uh, issued uh, renewable energy bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to take those the capital from those bonds and they're specifically going to focus on uh, financing uh, renewable energy product, projects, uh, solar energy projects. Uh, and and uh, there's going to be a huge amount of demand for those types of, of funding. Um, if you think about any sort of large uh, industrial company in South Africa, is going to be desperate to get themselves off the the ESCOM grid as fast as possible, and if they uh, and they're going to go to the big banks to to get that funding to to push them in the right direction. Yeah, I actually chatted with uh, Future Growth last week and around their their Q4 uh, credit report, and and one of the things was a massive increase in uh, uh, green funding that 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 sort of was zero in 2020 and before, and suddenly it's it's really really taking off. The other, of course, is is Roynet, and a couple of my guests have suggested. I mean, they've got their their cable division, and I mean that in a sense is is relying on on ESCOM or ultimately the transmission part of ESCOM, which will be unbundled come into the party but that is going to need to happen and they've got the the cabling business inside there yeah so they've got quite quite a nice array of products that all that that that, um will benefit from from the escom's trouble so the cabling division that will be in demand given that they need to um expand the the overall transmission Mm -hmm. uh, especially as new more renewables come online so so that's just one part of of the the business that's going to do well but then they've got a couple of others including um the energy storage solutions, and that's going to be for both um, normal household uh, as well as commercial customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've got uh, an, another area of the business that can actually um, help uh, build um, renewable energy to, to, to uh, get, be provided to industrial businesses uh, or commercial businesses. Um, and they can do that as a, as a, a setup and build and uh, for, for the end customer, or they can uh, set it up and build it. And then uh, through a purchasing agreement, uh, sell that el- electricity generation to the, their, their customer. So they've okay. got a few different avenues mm. that are all um, are focused on this uh, part of the business. And, and and the key thing, I mean, if you step back and look at it broadly, and I, I, I remember this from when Nkankanene was fired and then replaced, you know, literally within days back in 2015 by uh, then-President Zuma. And, and there was a, a lot of folks in the market thought, ah, it's fine, it's over. It's not. an ESCOM, I mean, the one thing we know with this is it's not going to get solved. It's only been getting worse for the last 15 years. And, and positioning a portfolio for that is, is, is frankly critical. Yeah, absolutely. This is not going to be... Um a, an issue that can be solved uh, within six months or a year. Uh, I think everybody needs to to plan accordingly to to protect their portfolios over the the longer term, um, and especially because uh, these issues with ESCOM just keeps putting further pressure on, yeah. on inflation, um, and that's uh, inflation is the worst thing that can happen to your purchasing power. Um, and if that gets eroded over a decade uh, while they're trying to fix ESCOM, uh, it's very difficult uh, to come back from. Yeah, I take your point on that. And of course, inflation, and it does. It, it just it, it eats away silently. We'll leave it there. Michael Santangelo, Portfolio Manager, Independent Securities. Appreciate the time.
Jenny there around the load shedding. Have you been restructuring your portfolio to, 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 to protect it against load shedding or perhaps even profit uh, uh, from load shedding? You can have your vote. You can have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. If seagulls were harder dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Tufadzwa uh, Chimbungaza, Chief Operating Officer, Steel and Engineering Industries Federation of Southern Africa. Tufadzwa, appreciate the time today. A, a recent uh, presentation uh, by you and your colleagues, a, a bunch of data. The, the, perhaps the point that stood out for me the most was the point that since the financial crisis of 2008-2009, the sector has actually contracted at an annual basis of, what, 1.2% a year, uh, and investment has remained considerably weak. This is a, a part of our economy which is critically important, but really having a, a, a tough decade plus. Very true, Simon. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just been downward for the sector, you know, and when you look at uh, the to go to that number that you mentioned, 1.2% contraction on a compound annual basis. And what this sector is and what it represents, Simon, is the heartbeat of industrialization, if you like. Yeah. Um, the real economy that um, what is happening in the underlying components of the economy reflect in this through the sector. Um, the sector um, forms 26% of manufacturing and supplies input into mining, construction, the autos, petrochem, um, and also and also agriculture as well. And it just talks to a general um, slow uh, slow um, deterioration of the fundamentals and. Basically, what the sector is, is a proxy of that. And unfortunately, I know we might get into it, but uh, the, the picture remains the same even into uh, the next year and uh, and what some of the numbers that we've put out in terms of what we're looking out at. Yeah, we'll get to the, the future in a moment. And what's key there, and, and you mentioned the, the different sectors. I mean, this is the backbone of, of our economy in many senses. Very true, very true. I mean, steel is at the heart of everything. Yeah. And uh, then also... Uh, represent the steel and engineering value chain, which is a very important part because we, in essence, after mining, it's the beneficiation of that steel mm -hmm. right through heavy engineering. Um, hence, then the output that come uh, output of product, of course, that come out of the sector, is in essence supplied into all those industries that I've mentioned. And of course, when we export quite a bit of it, about forty percent of total sales. The, the, the pandemic, I mean, a lot came out of the pandemic. One of the key points was supply chains. Globally, supply chains suddenly ground to a halt, and that that just-in-time supply chain showed its its fragility in in many ways. And we're seeing a, a lot of organisations moving to to what I almost call just in case. In other words, more local, uh, closer to, yeah. to market. Is is that opportunity? I mean, is that something that could potentially benefit us, or, or does that actually maybe put some pressure on our exports? Not at all. In fact, uh, we, we highlight this point in the report as well, that what we have, and at this point, it is anecdotal for two reasons. Mm -hmm. COVID was about 
two two and a half years ago. So we are looking at two data points to confirm that. But mm-hmm. also anecdotal comments and, and conversations with our members have actually indicated that they are seeing local order books uh, or their order books from a local clients also starting to increase um the business sense makes um from a business risk mitigation point of view because of covid mm-hmm. we know that makes sense and rather have those domestic relationships with our with our members who supply those products at least already having bedded down so that you're not caught off guard um looking at lengthy supply chains and external but more important than that um um uh, uh simon is that also the policy and this here now we're looking to the state mm. policy has a very real opportunity to play to entrench those um already underlying trends um uh, covid hastened a lot i think across many areas even just out of the industrial sort of space that covid COVID hastened a lot of uh, things that would have taken many years. Um, And now because that is already something that we see as an underlying trend that was induced by COVID, policy has a real rate to, uh, a real opportunity rather, to induce and and capitalize on that uh, opportunity. I take that point. uh, COVID did lots and a lot of what it did in many different places was sort of accelerate that, 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 that what was already a trend that was happening. If we look forward, to, to, to me, the amateur standing out here, I, I see two major challenges, um, actually maybe three. It, it's, a, it's a global economy which is going to be weaker. Uh, and then, of course, ESCOM and, and, and Transnet in, in, in the local space. None of these are, are making life easy in the sector. Very true. In fact, um, the, the estimate that we put out, and, and that's our base case, the 2.2% contraction, is really a function of the demand and the supply side um, uh, coming together as a, per- a perfect storm, and I mean that in the negative, of course, mm-hmm. and, and really that is the demand side is weak. Um, as I mentioned, 40% of our of our total um, 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 output is exported, and uh, uh, of that, 40% is also exported into Africa, mainly sub-Saharan Africa, and we know in a global, uh, with the global um, financing conditions um, becoming much more tighter, those countries, like we saw what happened recently in Ghana, the fiscal vulnerabilities then are exposed yeah. in the current environment. So that's a big part of our export book. Where we have seaborne trade, um, Asia and Europe also make up quite a considerable amount. Um, that Then we already know Transnet, um, uh, we've built into that estimate quite a punitive assumption around Transnet's capability to take our product on the seaborne side. And then domestically, of course, the biggest headwind is the energy crisis crisis yeah. um, that has immediate um, and long-term implications from an investability, but also just given the fact that this sector is a productive sector in the sense that electricity is a key component to production, that is a headwind that is informing um, the outlook. So on both sides, Simon, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, ESCOM, of course, is, impacts cost, but also utilization gets hurt at the same time. Neither are, are good for, for for a sector that's had a, a, a tough time since as far back as 2008. We leave it there. to uh, I really appreciate the time. Uh, Chief Operating Officer, Steel and Engineering Industries Federation of Southern Africa.
That's it for today. Uh, last week we were chatting around what I hoped to see in the budget, which of course 2 o'clock on Wednesday. We asked what your expectations are from the budget. Uh, almost 40% of you said, yep, we're going to get some sort of solar tax incentives. I think probably a zero VAT rated. That's just nice and easy. The rest was split fairly equally across uh, an increase in the tax-free annual limit. I think that's likely. Tax cuts to prevent bracket creep. Hopefully, but will it be enough? And then, of course, money for ESCOM. ESCOM desperately needs that money. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning. The MoneyWeb website in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Budget preview with Adrian Seville. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now on the money.